2018 is the year of the family. I'm declaring this. I'm finding it. Uh, it's, it one of the things that I found is that it is not a convenient thing for people because there are some things that we like left the way they are. Does that make sense to anybody? How many have ever been in a rut before? Wave at me, ever been in a rut? It's like, please don't, please don't preach that, Pastor, because it will change things. Uh, and, and, I, and I get this, like I have a particular place that I sit in my house. Anybody else have that? It's kind of like my space. The remote controls are right near that, all right? Now, some people say, well, that's terrible. Somebody got to control that thing. Anyway, all right, so, uh, but I'm, I'm saying that uh, just the challenge, I remember uh, Diana's father, how many remember Diana's daddy? Anybody remember Diana's daddy? He, he lived with us for a while, he passed away last August 1st, as a matter of fact, uh, but uh, somehow when he moved into our house, he took over my chair. <laughs> he did. I didn't offer it to him, he just sat in it. And you know what I said? That's your chair, Pop. That's it. Amen. I just, I mean, are you, are you kidding? You think I was going to move the man that gave me that hand? You know what I'm saying? I'm not doing that. And uh, then Diana always sat next to me because it's kind of like a love seat thing there. And Diana, she came over and sat on a sofa with me, which was fine. It's fine. But at the same time, it's just those little things. Now, we're talking about intense stuff. We're talking about you moving where you sit, okay? You moving, how you have been sitting, how we've been doing, doing family. Here's, here's a tough reality, all right? In talking about this being the year of the family, uh, and, and I, I've already, I don't have to review this, but, but Romans 8, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We are all family. Now, that's weird, but it's true. I, that changes the way that you are seated already. That changes things. It is, I don't mind going to church with people, I just don't want them into my stuff. Does that make sense? If you want to know about, if I want to know about your family, I'll ask you. Because you know more about it. But now, we're family, so accountability becomes a reality. Somebody shout amen. Uh, we get involved in life. We have responsibilities towards one another, right? Uh, how many know being a part of the family costs you something? Wave your hand. Wave your hand. It costs you something. Part of the family costs me something. Uh, affirmation is important, right? But so is discipline, right? Did I say this a, a couple of Sundays ago, I think? Uh, it was just a, a moment the Holy Spirit had spoken to me and said that our culture thinks it believes in unconditional love, but really what it believes in is unconditional affirmation. Wow. Is that truth? Yes. Believes in un oh, Don't say nothing bad about me. Come on. And it, it kind of merged out of the whole self-image concept that I've, just got, I've got to build everybody up. There's some things that need to be broke down. Yes. How many had to get broke before you became what God wanted you to be? Anybody? Yes. Had to get broke. Had to be broken down. Had to be taken out of the ankles. You, you find yourself laying flat on your back looking up towards heaven and things can change. Somebody shout amen. It can change. So in the church, one of the things that the Lord revealed to me this week, and it wasn't a comfortable way, 
But uh, here's what the Lord was, was saying to me, and I, the entire message isn't going to be about this. You've got your notes. You already know what I've titled this message today. But that uh, when I say that this is the year of the family, and I say that the church is a family, I want to confess that we don't have that completely right yet. We haven't got it all together as far as being a family. And there are reasons for that. One of the reasons is because the family begins in your inner circle and you come out of that and you begin to have family here and you're trying to apply all of the dysfunction and brokenness there to here. But we are the family because of the Holy Spirit. We're not the family because we were born by water. We were born by the Spirit. So we are born again. So this is a different kind of family. But the way that we relate to one another and care for one another, I confess, you know, as the leader uh, that the Lord is allowed to be here, we need to do better at this. We need to take better care of one another. Is that okay? Can I say that? We need to watch over. You say, well, I don't want to get in anybody else's business. We need to open up a little bit, right? How many have lived in isolation? And now that's your favorite seat. Right? Uh, and, uh, but we love one another. Do we love one another? As family, no matter where we have been, we're going to do family better. And in doing family better, we're going to open up our hearts. How many love like that when your child gets better? Uh, but part of that getting better has to do with humility right and brokenness and sometimes people don't like all that humility and right we don't like all of that but God would like you to humble yourself he says you'll humble yourself I'll lift you up now how does he do that he does that through the family of God Amen. all right as you humble yourself and I, I know it sounds like I'm just rambling here I'm going somewhere but I I want to say that again as the family of God if you know if you hear me say we're we're God's family you say well I haven't been treated well like a family very much I want to say, okay. All right? And I want to say, come on, look at somebody and say, I apologize. Just look at somebody and say, I apologize. We could do better, and we want to do better. Does that sound good to anybody? The more we allow the Holy Spirit to move in us, the better family we get. And there is no better family than the family of God. Amen. Yeah, that would have been a great time to shout amen. So I'll give you cues on occasion, and you just say that. So... Uh, our objectives, reaching every family, empowering every family, embracing Freedom Fellowship as family. So one of the reasons that we threw the Chuck E. Cheese thing, it's not, this is not, I know it's cute, it's Chuck E. Cheese and all of that. And yes, somehow God blessed us until, I wasn't planning on this, I just wanted to, I just wanted to tell them, we're going to bring a bunch of people over to Chuck E. Cheese. And they said, well, what do you say we just sign you up and everybody that comes and tells the people at the cash register they're from Freedom Fellowship, we'll give 20% of whatever they buy back to the church. Somebody praise God for that, all right? So I wasn't going for that. wasn't going for that. I was going because I wanted to, find, to make opportunities for us as families to bring our families and to interact as family. And uh, it's raining outside. Nobody's got anything else to do. Might as well go to Chucky's. Uh, and, uh, you know, I had some pizza yesterday. And I had barbecue last night, so I may have a salad today. But... Uh, <laughs> I want to walk around. I want to be around our kids. I want to be with my family. I love it. 
I love it. Anybody else loving being with the family? Anybody else love that? So, uh, reaching every family. I want to reach every family. How many will pray with me regarding this? You ought to take these objectives and pray about them, that we can reach every family. Because I want to reach my neighborhood, but what if I, you know, what if I reach the neighborhood, but we don't reach into every room in your house? I want to empower you to do that. I want to pray with you. Listen, if, if your children are lost, my heart is broken with you. I'm going to seek God on behalf of your kids, of your family, your grandkids. We're going to trust God together. How many are with me on this? Are you with me on this? And then to empower every family. That's one of the reasons so many families are messed up is because they didn't, they didn't have the power to be the family in the first place. Does that make sense? And that's through the Holy Spirit. I want a spiritual move in every family and embracing Freedom Fellowship as family. So we're stirring things up. Um, and uh, we're, we're going to see increase uh, in the family. We're going to get, how many believe we're going to get better at this? Anybody believe this? We're going to get better. Let me, let me just settle on my thought today, though. Uh, one of the things that I have learned to love is increase. Anybody love that? How many grandparents do I have in the house? Okay. So just look at me right now. Grandparents, look at me. All right. Show me on your face. What's it feel like to be a grandparent? <laughs> See, you can't even be quiet, right? It's like, what? Grandkids? Whoop. Yeah, and baby, I am telling you. And uh, I uh, went by the hospital yesterday, saw a brand new grandbaby. Not mine, but one of ours. Amen. Somebody praise God. Yeah. Jeff and Hilda are grandparents again. Natasha and Glenn had number four, and so uh, I, I wanted to. I like to when I can. I can't always do that, but just turned out that's what happened, and so I just like to see the grand. Somebody praise God for grandbabies. And Jeff was just five weeks out, four weeks out of open heart surgery. That's granddad, and he's standing there in the hospital room looking at his new grandbaby. And I'm saying, Jeff, sit down. I mean, he, he said, I'm, a, you know, I, I'm so happy. I just praise God. Then he showed me where the scar said. That's all I want to see. Don't show me the whole thing. You know, but, but, you know, got that scar all the way down his chest where they opened him up. But he had a grandbaby, and it's like it energized him. Amen. Grandparents, do you understand that? That it's like I've been extended into future generations. Amen. So we prayed, blessed the child, and got so excited. I'm still a little excited. Um... I love seeing the family increase. I love seeing the family of God increase. I love hearing stories about your children. If I ask you to tell me stories about your children, how many have some good stories you can tell? Anybody? So uh, I did that first service. Don't think I have time this service. But, uh, uh, I mean, you're blessed with your children, right? I, I want you to know that it's no accident that you've experienced blessing. Because as this sermon title says, God wants to bless your house. Look at somebody and tell them God wants to bless your house. You need to hear that. Some of you forgot it. God wants to bless. Somebody say it personally. God wants to bless my house. And you say, well, there's a lot of things God, I ain't seen God do yet. But God wants to. He wants to bless your house. And uh, we're going to look at that. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. 
Let me just read that whole scripture to you. Uh, then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And, you know, we love to take that just so for granted, that whole teaching. You know, like God said, Go have babies and lots of babies, and then go fishing. That's what it looks like. And uh, then go hunt birds and put some in cages so you can have pet birds. And then over everything else, have zoos. Have some zoos and ride horses. You know, maybe that's... How many know it's more than that? Anybody know it's a lot more than that? And just doing a little study, and I'm not the first guy to do this. I'm not going to give you all the words, but it's nice word studies where Scripture, where, where the Lord, first of all, He's blessing them to bless to, uh, the, the word is barak, you know, it is, it's uh, one of the words that we use in worship. We ble- How many have ever blessed God, spoken things about God, declared good things about God? I want you to see that God also blesses us. How many have ever said, God bless you? Go ahead and say it. Say it in Spanish. You know, whatever. Somebody say, God bless you. When you say that, sometimes you overlook it. Because they sneezed. I, I sneezed at Target the other day, and I heard God bless yous from different places in the room. Now, I don't sneeze like my wife sneezes, because other countries say God bless you. I'm teasing you, baby. My wife can sneeze, all right? All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to embarrass you like that. It just came out. Uh, but people are saying, how many know people don't understand what they're saying, all right? And they're say, they say that there's some kind of history behind why people say God bless you, that there was a time when people believed that a sneeze was evidence of some kind of spiritual attack, and, and uh, so I don't know, maybe that's what it is, but I sneezed and it's gone now, hallelujah. But to say God bless you is powerful, it is. But so you know, if nobody's ever said it to you, from the beginning, God blessed us. He's blessed us. He wants to bless us. And it's not just so that you feel ooey and gooey and feel good. He uses these words, be fruitful and multiply, which really is this suggestion, to heap fullness upon you in every season. To heap fullness upon you. And the, the idea of being fruitful and multiplies even deeper because do you remember that story in scripture where Jesus walks up to a tree that has no fruit on it and uh, he looks at it what's up with you tree not having any I was hungry and, and then he cursed it and then it shriveled up and uh, so uh, how many are glad that you have a Jesus that blesses us anybody glad but the weird thing is that it wasn't season for figs it wasn't the season for the fruit and here's what we learned that whatever season you are in God still wants you to be fruitful and some might say well pastor you know I'm way down the road you know I'm at this particular point in my life honey I don't care if you're 99 God still wants you to be fruitful he's not finished with you yet and he also wants multiplication because fruitfulness goes to multiplication he doesn't want you just to eat all the fruit. He wants the seed that's inside of your fruit to also be planted. So he wants your fruit to bear fruit and that fruit to bear fruit and the fruit of that fruit to bear fruit. He wants all of that. God has a large plan for fruitfulness and multiplication. And that's not just children in the flesh. It is more than that. 
Anybody with me? How many want to be fruitful? Anybody want to be fruitful? And then you think, well, what can I do? You know, I just don't feel qualified enough. I, you know, so I walk out of the pulpit on occasion and think, God, I hope that went somewhere. But I'm sharing the word of the living God. And according to him, he says his word will not return void. So I know right now that I'm planting something in the name of Jesus and it's going to be watered and there's going to be an increase. I know that there are people that know Jesus. Jesus, not because of me, but also because of you. People that are growing in the kingdom of God is increasing because of individuals that love and serve and know the Lord. So I'm just talking about fruitfulness and multiplication. And I like, how many love dominion? Anybody like that? Subdue and have dominion. To enable you to prevail. These are reigning words. I'm not talking about water rain. I'm saying reign, like R-E-I-G-N. Reigning, like a, like a king, like a conqueror reigns. There are going to be things that come against you. And this is what God says. I have blessed you in order that you would multiply in your ministry, in your life, in your spiritual family, in your physical family. I have blessed you so that you can and you will. You might say, well, it ain't working right now. Don't change what God has said. I'm going to bless you. Don't argue with him. Don't argue. I'm going to bless you. And, but, but he says there are things that are going to come against you. How many have ever felt like something was so against you that you would never prevail? It was heavy on you. And he's saying you're going to have dominion. You're going to subdue. You're going to prevail against things. He didn't say something would not come against you. He's saying that when things come against you, he has already blessed you to prevail. Somebody shout, I got this. Come on, shout, I got this. I got this. I don't feel like I got it. I didn't ask you what you felt like because how many know the truth may be contrary to what you feel? And you can't, listen, you, you're, you're a king, you're a queen. Come on, you're a prince, a princess. You're a royalty according to God's word. Even if you feel like you're a pauper today, I tell you that God has already spoken blessing over you. No, we don't, we don't do this well. We're supposed to do this together. I mean, we got to get better than, at this, right? We got to get better at this. And uh, some would say, well, Pastor, you're trying to make us feel a bit egotistical. No, no, not in yourself. This is because of the blessing of God. And, and again, God is not saying just have kids. He's saying have life. And, and John 10 and 10, Jesus says it this way. Have life and have it more abundantly. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it one, one version, one, it, to, to, the word more would be super. Have supernatural life. To have it super abundantly. So, I mean, does anybody enjoy going to the beach besides me? Anybody enjoy it? Uh, some of you don't. You live at Virginia Beach. That's got to be bad. But I do. I enjoy going to the beach. I enjoy Walking on the beach, I enjoy going to the ocean front. I like getting in the water. I like seeing the sun rise. I like seeing the moon rise. How many have ever seen both of those things happen over the, at the water? So you can do this. Sometimes you ought to you ought to go out just at that right time until you can see the moon begin. Certain times of the year, you can like see the moon peek over the water, or go, get out early enough uh, and go to the. Of course, you can you can also uh, you can see the sun set in Virginia Beach too. Did you know that? 
you just, you just got to get off the oceanfront side. You got to go over to the bay, all right? But you can see the sunset. Nothing is beautiful as sunrises and sunsets on the ocean, and I am so grateful. You know, you know I was raised in Ohio, and I always say Ohio is a good place to be from. I love living in Virginia Beach. I really do. I still root for my Buckeyes, but I tell you, I, am, uh, I, I love living in Virginia Beach, and I, I love, but I love other things. When I have taken uh, uh, plane rides. Now, I have never, I have never toured Colorado, uh, and but and, and and believe it or not, I've never been to the Grand Canyon. How many have ever been to the Grand Canyon before? I, I haven't. Maybe one day I'll do that. I, we've talked about before, or maybe taking a trip to to California, going to. Uh, Arizona and parking at the Grand Canyon, renting a car and driving on to LA to see the kids. But, but uh, it's beautiful. I have flown over it. Has anybody ever been in an airplane and went over it? It is amazing. And you know, Pi says, "Look, look out the. If you look out your, you know, certain windows, you'll see the Grand Canyon." And I'm just taking pictures and stuff. Uh, I saw uh, snow-capped mountains in uh, Colorado and in Utah flying. I've seen those things. And when I look at that, I mean, it's enough to take your breath away. But here's something that might blow you away. Uh, God didn't create them just so that he could look at them. He created them for you. When you're looking at it, you're seeing God's glory and the blessings that he has for your life. Somebody thank God for that. Would you do that? Just thank God. So next time you're out fishing, somebody says, well, you shouldn't be out there. Just go on out and say, but God told me to go out and enjoy some of this. That's for you, Cliff. All right? Just God, how many know, how many know God wants you to enjoy? Anybody know that? He wants you because he painted it all for you. He painted that sky for you. He put the stars, he flung them into outer space uh, so that you could be blessed. He loves you. You are his creation. When I look at all of it, I'm reminded that God loves me. We're blessed. But in all of creation, uh, wow, my favorite part of creation, uh, you know, 41 years ago yesterday, my wife and I had our first date. That was the first time I held her hand. She was too young for me to hold her hand. She was only 14 years old. So don't do any math right now. Just leave that alone. <laughs> but, you know, nobody, we, it, was, it was a revival night on Friday night. And Don Stacy had just finished preaching and the young people were going out. And I'd had my eye on her for several months. And people kept saying, you need to look at that little Diana. And I did. And here we are Amen. all these years later. But you, you got to understand, there ain't nothing like that. Anybody married but me? I'm nothing in the world. Children, how many got, anybody got some kids? Amen. Have you ever looked at your kids and thought, oh, thank you, God. Anybody ever done that? Amen. Just look at your kids, oh, praise God. Anybody got grandkids? And you go, praise God. You know, the grandchildren are just amazing. Now, when I say that, some of you are beginning to understand what I'm saying, that these children, your your our children as the church, you might say, well, I'm single. I don't have any kids yet. These are still our kids together. Does everybody agree to that? And these, th this is a blessing of Almighty God. He has blessed us with family. Now, here I am, and I painted this picture in our culture. How many know in our world there's a lot of beautiful things, but there's also a lot of ugly things? 
So when you get your eyes off of God, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm telling you, I've been brokenhearted. I, I have to be cautious about watching the news. Anybody else have to be cautious about watching it? There's only so much that I can watch, especially because I'm very into who influences me. Does that make sense? I want to be influenced by heaven, not hell. And, uh, and, and I, I, I want to be cautious, but I've been moved heavily this year. Uh, the, the story this year, uh, this past week, about this doctor uh, who, uh, he had 100, about 150 girls that stood up in that courtroom and told stories, uh, impact stories, about why he should be sentenced, about the things that he had done to them. Uh, and, and it just, you know, inside of me, there was a carnal part of me just wanted to climb through the TV set. Got any dads in the room? But at the same time, I know this to be true. How many know that broken people break people? Hurt people hurt people. Am I right? And so, but, but at the same time, it was, it, was, it was telling of our culture because we have a culture that is so messed up right now. I mean, I've been, uh, uh, over the, the, the last several months, the, you know, the, the, the Me Too movement, and, and we see that. I mean, how horrendous is it to hear of all of these individuals that have been harassed? Uh, and, and you hear these stories, and at the same time, it's also frightening that somebody can make an accusation and someone can lose everything. Am I getting amens from anybody right now? Just somebody speaks a word. And but they, how many, there's a reckoning going on in our culture, and here's the reckoning: what's going on in our culture is it doesn't work. Because I, I walked down the shopping mall the other day, and I'm walking by an unnamed store, Spencer's, that has this sign <laughs> out front of people doing things that they should not be doing. That is about this tall, about the size of your seven-year-old child that gets to walk down the mall and look at things and say, hey, what is that? And you have to say, oh, it's just, you see, our how many of our culture is messed up? I'm, I'm preaching. There's confusion in the midst of it all. And believers are also confused. Come on, I'm sure another Fifty Shades movie will come out this Valentine's Day. And a bunch, already out? And a bunch of believers will say, it's nothing, let's just, come on, preach, Pastor Rick, preach. It, it interests me that in all of this, we want family and we want God's blessing. We just don't want God. The world's not getting better. It's not living according to God's plan. Now, how can I experience God's blessing in a world filled with such chaos? Let me just give you this. I will not allow this world to define me and my family. Amen. God has blessed me, and he's called us to fruitfulness and to subdue no matter what's going on in the culture. It is God who will define our homes. It is God that will bless our homes. He is for me, and he is not against me. And no matter what, come on, no matter what the enemy waves in my face, I will still point my hand toward heaven. Somebody shout for me. Hallelujah. 
This teaching of being fruitful and multiplying, filling the earth and subduing and dominion is all over the Word of God. It's in Genesis 1.28. It's in Genesis chapter 35 and 10. Remember where God says to Jacob, your name's not going to be Jacob anymore. It's going to be Israel. And so he called his name Israel. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. And then he says, a nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you and kings shall come from your body. I, I love that. Somebody say Israel. Israel is a family name. Anybody ever heard of a nation called Israel? It's named after Israel. Come on. It's a family name. And if you know some good Israelites, you'll know that they can trace their lineage all the way back. They know where they come from. Now, I know where I come from. Anybody in this room know where you come from? I come from Jesus. I've been born again. But I also want you to know that God's word suggests that he wants to do something through you to impact the world. As the church, our children in this church, how many know God wants to impact our children in this church? Do you know that? But come on, moms and dads, God's not finished with your children, your family. Acts 2.17, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Come on, old folks, close your eyes. Okay, everybody else close your eyes, all right? And when you close your eyes, I want you to close your eyes and dream a dream. And we'll just back up in that scripture. I want you to see your son and your daughter. I want you to see them in the spirit. Proclaiming God's word to the nations. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to see in the spirit. I want you to see your sons and your daughters prophesying. I want you to see your young men having vision. Not being lost, but having vision from heaven. Knowing prophetically what God's plans are for their life. I want you to see your daughters. I want you to see them moving in the power of almighty God. Come on family. Open your eyes now. It's our season for fruitfulness. Our season of multiplication. We are blessed for dominion. So let's answer the question. How can we see God's blessing in a world that is filled with brokenness and confusion? How can we see God bless our house? I'm going to give you just a couple of psalms and take these home with you. Psalm 127. How many know this? Before you get into it, Psalm 127 is a prayer of a, is, is a psalm of ascent. A psalm of ascent is what the, uh, the nation sang, the people sang as they went to church. How many have ever heard this? Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So the idea is, as you're driving to church, you ought to go ahead and start your worship there. That way we don't have to beg you to once you get here. Turn some music on. The word, go ahead, a worship should already be set. Just go ahead and get, and come on in and be, be a worshiper. Go ahead. But... Help me, Jesus. Uh, so uh, as the psalm of ascent was, as they're going towards the temple, these are the songs that they sang. Now this seems like an odd song, but this is what they sang. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. Who build it? I don't know how that, I don't know how it went, so. But that would be good. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Anybody understand that? 
The Lord's building the house, the house of Jacob, the house of Israel, your house. Amen. The Lord wants to build this house. Amen. How many have a way of protecting your house? I mean, if somebody breaks into your house, they're going to wish they hadn't. If I got any people like that in that room, all right. No, don't be breaking into my house. Yeah, right. We'll pray later. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. There are things that attack our home that we cannot see. So that's why he says, unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So I'm just sitting watching for stuff when I need to understand that the Lord has built the house and he will also take care of what belongs to him. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. Uh, this is, I'll come back to this. For he gives his beloved sleep. Got any restless people in the house? Where, where, come on, wave your hand. Where's all my anxiety, folks? Well, come on, where are you? You can't sleep at night. Behold the children. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with your enemies in the gate. All right. Let the Lord build the house. Okay? Somebody say, let the Lord build me a house. I want the Lord to build my house. I mean, how many have ever felt like you needed some reconstruction? Anybody ever felt that? Like there's certain rooms, you're like, man, I like that wall torn down. I, uh, anybody get a new roof lately? I did. I had to get a new roof. I had, I'd wasted mine. I let it. It's just so good to come back to the house and look at that roof and, oh, praise God. You know, it's just, how many have ever gotten that new roof and praise, oh, praise you, Jesus. I had that blizzard that came by. Every shingle was right in place and I'm praising God and. Okay, that's a different story. But uh, no, it, it, it is reflective because what I'm saying to you is the Lord needs to build a house. For some of you, that's a new house. For some of you, that is a remodel. Look at someone and tell them, God would like to flip your house. Anybody know what I'm saying? He would like to take ownership of it. Come on. He would like, yeah, he would like to take ownership of your house, remodel some things, make it more valuable than it was before, and then give it back to you. What would that look like? I, come on, HGTV, you know what I'm saying. I mentioned earlier that we are family, uh, we are a family of family, so ultimately what you need to know is that we are the kingdom of God, all right? Now, we have in this room, there are people that we just lean towards, we love so much, you know. But in saying that, I want you to know that ultimately, we all have a father. Amen. Somebody thank God for Heavenly Father. Amen. How many have ever prayed, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How many have ever prayed that? How many have ever pray, prayed something like this? Now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, if I should die, ah! Before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Anybody ever prayed prayers like that? All right, how many, you know, you know, God is good, God is great, thank you for the food we ate, or something like that, all right? I mean, prayer is just so lost. Uh, I so I love talking to my family. Anybody else? I just love it. And, and you've heard me say before how much I've missed my mother. She's been gone. Some of you were here and you knew my mom, but uh, she's been gone for a long, long time now. Uh, January 31st. Uh, 2003 is when she passed 
And it just seems like yesterday for me. I still miss her so much. And when I talk about her, I was going through some of her writings and things just this past week and just remembering what a good and a, and a godly woman she is, how much I loved. I remember one day I called the house and mom was not at home. And I talked with dad for a while. And then about 30 minutes later, dad called me back and said, son, your mom wants to talk to you. She missed your call. <laughs> she was tearful. And she had so much to say. Anybody got somebody like that? You just missed their voice. Anybody? And here's something I would never do. I would never have disrespected my mother. Never would have. I just love her so much. I might have been ornery on occasion and got anybody else rebellious with your parents. But I, as the older I got, the more I revered my mom and, and my dad. My dad turns 80 years old in July. Uh, and I, I love him. I want him to come back. Would you like my dad to come back and visit with us again? come share a word uh, but I want you to know that you have a heavenly father Amen. no he is a real heavenly father and we don't know how to talk to him do you know why we don't know how to talk to him because we relate to heavenly father like we do so many earthly fathers we just think he's there to spoil us wow. right and we don't have a good vision of what it means. I, uh, I, t I, was, I was just working on I was studying and listening to the Lord. And uh, um, I have worship music going in the background. And I pulled up, re-pulled up a scripture from this past week, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. And I tell you, as I pulled that up, my... My uh, iTunes Christian radio changed songs as I pulled it up to a song called God is a Consuming Fire. It was like, boom. I said, okay, God, I'm paying attention. Amen. Somebody say, God is a Consuming Fire. Say it. It does not say, God is your fireplace. Even though, how many know he keeps you warm? Yeah, bless you. But we think God is your fireplace. You're in complete control of it. You put the wood in. God doesn't need your wood to be a consuming fire. Amen. This is the understanding of Hebrews. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Do you hear that blessing? Amen. We are receiving a kingdom. That's our family, right? We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. How many know the enemy cannot destroy what God has blessed us with? He cannot take it away. Because that, let us have grace. Anybody receive grace? The blood of Jesus? by which we may serve God. How do we serve Him? We need the grace of God to serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Say with reverence and godly fear. Underline that. And then you can almost hear the question, why? Why do I need to serve God with reverence? I have grace. Grace got me. Well, even though you've been saved by grace, God is still a consuming fire. Come on, God's hot. Do you understand? So when I stand in the presence of God, you ever do that on a Sunday? You come in here and worship is going, and then for a while you're just singing a song. You know, this is the day that the Lord has made. You know, and then you have the revelation, wait a minute, I'm in the presence of God. And you just lift your hands. Anybody ever done this before? And thought, wait a minute, I am standing 
before God who is a consuming fire. Everyone that ever stood before God in Scripture, when they looked at him, they did not look and say, oh, God, slap me a high five. You my homeboy. None of that happened. They always bowed their head. They, they could not even look up. Sometimes fell on their face and said, woe is me, for I am undone. Why? Because the holiness of God is overwhelming. And God did not save you by his grace so we could somehow take all of this nastiness in the world and absorb it. No, he saved us because we are a part of his kingdom. We've been saved by grace through the precious blood of Jesus. He's a consuming fire. Anybody still believe in the fear of the Lord? Just say it, fear of the Lord. All right? My daddy taught me so many good things, but of the things that my five foot four on a tall day daddy said was he loved me, cares for me, whatever, but to this day, there are certain things I think he would chase me down to correct. Does that make sense? I think I could outrun him. I'm sure I could. But I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Because there was this I don't know if people still have this anymore. Do you think it's still out there? I don't know. Is it in your house? Anybody got that in your house? That sense that these are my children, this is my family, and we're going to hold people accountable, and we're going to talk, and we're going to discuss, and we're going to pray together. I'm not, I'm not just preaching about that. I'm, I'm preaching about this, this, this holiness of God. Anybody got that? I, I'm, I'm telling you that because when we say we want the Lord to build our house, it's not saying, and Lord, I want a jacuzzi right over here. And No, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is God, I want you to so involve yourself in my home that you transform my house into something that will glorify your name. Mm, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Ah, come on, family. Let's do this. I, I mentioned this, Psalm 127 and 2, because in, in this teaching, when I'm saying the Lord wants to bless your heart, your family, I want you to understand this, that once you get that, you will lose something that we are famous for, negativity. Wave at me if you know what I'm saying. Oh, you know, I mean, it's like Debbie Downer is in every house, you know. If your name's Debbie, I apologize for that. But, so, but uh, oh, it's not going to work. No, how many know if God builds the house, it's going to stand? How many know if, God's built, if God builds the house? How many believe that? And, and how many know God starts whenever you allow him to get involved? Somebody praise God for that. And he's, he's doing something right now. Hallelujah. I surrender my life. I surrender my will to your plan, my family, my marriage, my home. Right now, God, I say it belongs to you. My children, my grandchildren, uh, the children of this church, my nieces, my nephews. I say, God, build the house. Build the house. Tear the walls down that you need to tear down. Reconstruct. Give me a new roof. Give me a new foundation, God. My home belongs to you. And then God says, I want to give you a new vision for your future generations. Amen. She's saying amen. I love it. Go ahead. Amen. <laughs> Children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Here we go. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior. 
Say that. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Uh, this over here. Wrap up with this illustration. Dude. Just empty this. There we go. So, this is about a bow, okay? Now, you have to understand, in talking about this, when this is written in context, the mighty instrument is the bow and the arrow. All right? Now you say, well, it's a Patriot missile. Okay, then I'll preach on Patriot missiles, but that's not what I'm preaching about. We're going to use the context of the arrow. How many have ever, ever pulled anybody ever shot an arrow, an arrow from a bow it's a pretty amazing thing even this small bow could shoot an amazing arrow in fact i've got an amazing arrow right here okay that i would like to shoot all right anybody love this okay okay uh i mean i could shoot somebody right now i might might yeah you know one of those right there in the head kind of cool right it's you need to play with your, your kids. How many know we need to play with the next generation? Wave at me. Say, so I don't have any time. You need to find some time, okay? Because the next generation needs to know how to use a bow and an arrow, right? You need to get them involved in some things. I don't ever pray with my kids. Okay, okay, I hear that. I hear you. You're wrong, okay? But uh, if you got some, specifically, you got some smaller kids in the house, you need to. And if you have to start with some little prayers and things, go ahead. All right? But if this is what you are, this is what you will produce. Did you hear that? If this is what you are, this is what you will produce. And it's cute, but when the enemy comes to your house, now there's different types of, of arrows, all right? But sooner or later, you might want to progress to an arrow like this. Right? Now, I, I'm not even going to put this one on the string right now because if I put this one on the string and I let it go, these are razor sharp. There are three razor sharp edges that I could impale an individual with this particular arrow. It could actually take the life of someone. But God's not talking about taking the life of other individuals. He's saying that the enemy is coming. And you need, we need, help me preach this, Holy Ghost. We must raise up a generation that don't play all the time. I mean, play, but we understand really what play is about is so that they will learn how to do life, right? Remember, did, did anybody, I remember buying Felicia a toy kitchen. No, really, we got it from a neighbor who was throwing it out, but it was her Christmas present that year. She loved it. We cleaned it up. So, you understand. I remember her learning to sing little songs at one time. I remember that, but sooner or later, you've got to graduate. You've got to graduate. So, there's, there's so much that's involved in this. Before the arrow, come on, we have to become skilled warriors ourselves. Because when, when Scripture is teaching us that, uh, that children are heritage of the Lord, uh, excuse me, uh, it says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior. The arrows need to be in the hand of a skilled warrior. You see what I'm saying? 
So as a skilled warrior, it's, it's, it's good that we raise them as arrows, but we have to be skilled individuals. How many know we need the Word of God? Anybody know that? We need Holy Spirit, and we need to practice that, not just on bad days. And go, go on, going back to that. And, and we need an arrow. I showed you the arrow. We need a bow. We need the Word of God. And we need a prayer life that can send things. But listen, we also need to be prophetic enough. I didn't say pathetic enough. I said prophetic enough until when we speak, people know that God is speaking through us. We need a target. How many know the enemy goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour? I've seen Christians devour each other. That's not the plan. The plan is, is to know that when trouble comes, we've got to defeat the enemy. And we have to stop talking about it. Okay, I will put this in. We've got to stop talking about it sooner or later and release the next generation to what God has called them to do. Now here's part of not being afraid. Because we know that we've invested in the next generation, we know that the future is secure because heaven is still going to be coming to earth through our children and our children's children. Because God said, be fruitful and multiply. Let your fruit bear fruit. Come on, preacher, preach that. Can I give you one more scripture? It's another Psalm of Ascent. It's in Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house, your children like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you out of Zion, and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. Now wait, what we're hearing is we're going to see our children's children. No, no, no. That's not what it says. What we're hearing is that your children are going to be like olive plants. No, no, no. That's not what you're hearing. Uh, what, it's, what it says is your wife, your, your family should be like a fruitful vine. That's not what we're hearing. No. It says everyone who fears the Lord and walks in His ways. Amen. Praise Jesus. You like my arrow? You ought to go... Get yourself an arrow and put a good point on it and start praying over it and name it after your child. Amen. Start seeing what God is going to do as he blesses your house and raises up a nation. I'm going to stand up with me. I'm going to finish this. I've got to finish this now. I want to give you one more scripture. You got this? Why don't you look at Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 through 14 is powerful. Read this with me. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Now, how many believe that's powerful? Now, let me tell you what's really powerful about it. This word, through Jeremiah, is given to a nation that is in captivity. It's given to families who have not been able to get back to Jerusalem. People that are living in Babylon. People who have stories of terror and attack. 
and they call upon the Lord. They call upon the Lord and God says, it's good to hear from you. Let me tell you about my thoughts for you. Let me tell you what I'm thinking. Let me tell you what my plans are. Peace is coming to your home. Somebody needs to receive that. I said peace is coming to your house. The shalom of heaven is coming to a place that has been in conflict. Somebody receiving that? Evil is not going to rule. Hallelujah. He says, and it's been quiet for some time, but if you'll walk in my ways, if you'll listen to my voice, if you will come with reverence and awe into my presence, I will pour my blessing out upon you, and you will realize when you pray, I'm hearing you. And you'll seek me and you, fi- and you will find me. When you search for me with all your heart, what's, what's that saying? Oh man, that's going to be some heart searching. No, 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 no. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, I'm going to be found. I am findable. I'm not hiding from you. I'm ready to heal things. And what is my, what is my part? What is my part? What do I need to do? I need to confess Jesus as my Lord. I need to fear the Lord and walk in His ways. Can anybody agree with me on this? Fear the Lord and walk in His ways. Somebody say, I'm going to fear the Lord and walk in His ways. I'm going to search for God with all of my heart. And God is going to bless my house. Because He wants to and He is God. Praise God. Praise God. Let's thank God for His word today. Let's thank God for His word. We got any children in the room? Any kids? Can I just have any kids that are in the house? I, I used they, this used to happen when I was in church years ago, and say, "Oh, he's going to call the kids up to the front." If your kids are here, if you got some kids, I don't care how young they are, how you know, if if you're still dependent, you know, if you're living in mom and dad's house or whatever, would you just would you do me the honor just just to come? Abraham, just stand with me. I know you will. You don't care. Just come and stand with you. Yeah, if they have to be carried, carry them down. All right, carry them down. Carry them, drag them down. That's it. Mark's got all it. See, you're all grown up, but you came down. Holly came down. Thanks for coming down. I saw she had like yarn behind your back, but you came down. Come on, squeeze down here, kids. And that is, oh, that, you got Gabby there. <laughs> Hi, sweetie. Don't wake her up, Pastor Rick. Come here, kids. Come on. Come on. That's it. Anyway, come down here. Mama got you. Come up here and stand with me. Come up here and stand beside me. I got you. All right. There you go. There you go. Stand right there because now we're the same height. See? <laughs> now I'm going to stay up here. Anyway. And you're wearing flats. That's cool. I used to have tennis shoes like those. Converse. Converse. How many wore Converse when you were a kid besides me? I did. That was like the thing to wear came back alright you did? you used to work for Converse? I used to, I paid your salary once okay <laughs> one hour you know they were a lot cheaper than they are now alright how you doing boss? 
Well, you, don't, you know you don't have any choice. You're going to have to serve Jesus, don't you? Right? Mom and Dad? All right? Come close. Come close. Got baby girls here. Look at those baby, these princesses. We got little king right there. Look at that. Mommy, sweetie. So here we go. You know whose children these are? Whose are they? Are we the family of God? Did you hear that? Men, are there any fathers in this room? Okay, fathers, whose children are these? Let them hear it. Shout it. Whose children are these? Do you see that? You don't have a dad. You got dads. Mothers, women, whether you're, you know, whether you have a baby of your own or not, ladies, females in the room, whose children are these? You hear that? You're gonna make it. You believe in Jesus? You confess the Lord as your Savior? You confess Him? You believe in the Lord Jesus? All right? We're going to make you sharp now. We want you to grow in the Lord Jesus. You know this baby dedication thing that we do? Really, it should be more about parents than it should be about the kids. How many have ever cleaned out a room for a baby to be born? Anybody ever done that? You would not bring a a baby home to a roach-infested nursery. Right? Full of mildew and mess. You would clean that thing up. The same thing in our hearts. Some of you, I'm about to release these kids back to you. So the altar call is not just about these. I'm asking all of you to lift your hands up in the back. Lift your hands up and say, God, cleanse me of whatever you need to cleanse me from. Reveal whatever you need to reveal. But change my life because when my kids come home, I want them to know that this is a house that God owns. Go ahead. Let the Holy Spirit... Come, Holy Spirit, speak to these people. Come, Holy Spirit, now. Tell him, tell him, I surrender myself. Tell him, I surrender my will. I surrender my pride. I surrender, I surrender myself. My life belongs to you. And tell him, Lord, forgive me. Shout it, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for putting my desires ahead of my children's needs. I help you. You got that? How many received that? All right, so when I send you back, I'm sending you back to families that are cleaning out the nursery. Say, I'm a grown-up. I don't have a nursery. Yeah, you do. You still... Does that make sense? Now we want to bless you. All right? So would you close your eyes? I'm going to show you this before you close your eyes because you can't see if your eyes are closed. Okay? Just hold your hands like this. All right? For me, this is... A position of reception. I need fathers and mothers. I need spiritual moms and dads. I need you to step out of your seat and come behind us now. You guys come really close, okay? Because it's going to get crowded. Come close. Come close. Come close. Squeeze up. Squeeze up through this aisle and squeeze all around us. Spiritual mamas and daddies. You ready? Listen. You guys are royalty. You're going to do great things. You're going to subdue this world. Your visions that you have are true. They are of God. We bless you as children of this church. And we declare 
that the God who says you will be like arrows in the hand of a mighty warrior, you are now becoming arrows. You're going to defeat the enemy. You're going to do great things vocationally. You're going to be victorious. Anybody receive that? Vocationally, educationally, you're going to do better than you've ever done. You're going to be more focused than you've ever been. You receive that? So now just close your eyes now and just receive. I want all of you behind us, everybody, I want you to stretch your hands out. I want you to start praying. God, bless these children. Bless them. Holy Spirit, I anoint them. Father, we break every curse and we release every blessing. We rededicate these children to you, mighty God. And we say, dear God, that you will do miracles in their lives. We say that these men, these women, these boys, these girls, that all of them will become arrows. All of them will become arrows. All of them will. Strong and straight and sharp to do that which is victorious. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Bless them. I shut it. Come, Holy Spirit. As you're receiving, as your eyes are closed, I'm saying this to you. As your eyes are closed. <laughs> Can I hold your hand? As your eyes are closed and you're receiving, the Bible says in Acts 2, in Acts 2, the Bible says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men, young women will see visions. Do you receive that? Okay. Do you see that? So I pray, Holy Spirit, Rest upon these sons and daughters. Rest upon them now. Rest upon them. Holy Spirit, rest upon them.